Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Amen. Why don't we give God praise today? Let's thank Him. Amen. Aren't we thankful today that we serve a God who can change everything? That nothing happens without His permission. Amen. COVID-19 didn't get here without His permission. And when He says it's time for it to go, it will go. And it, while it's here, it's going to serve its purpose that He allowed it to serve. Amen. It is good to be able to preach to people. Amen. It's been a while. I've um, Preaching to an empty church has been uh, challenging, but I just have been able to kind of uh, envision that you all were there. And today will be, I'm sure, a little bit different. I won't be able to see your reaction or hear you or interact with your facial uh, a lot of times you can tell by the looks on people's faces what's how the interaction is with what you're saying. Um, but I want us to turn together to the book of Mark chapter 11. I want to say my wife and I are thankful, my family thankful for all that you all have, uh, the, the prayers that you've prayed. I feel the prayers. Many of you have text, message, let me know that you're praying. But whether you have or not, I know that you're praying and just know that we're praying for you as well. And I ask you, don't just pray for me and my family. Pray for one another. All right? The strength of the body of Christ is uh, vertical. Amen. But it's also horizontal that we strengthen one another. Amen. Mark chapter 11, beginning at verse number 12. Amen. Can you all hear me back in that back corner over there? Can you hear me okay? Maybe a hand wave back there. That's our furthest point back there. Brother Roberts, can you all hear me over there? All right. How about back there? All right, good. Mark 11, verse 12 says, On the morrow, when they were come to Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Amen. All of us in quarantine time, I know that. I don't know what else we're doing, but I think we're all eating. Amen. Uh, I think it's going to be a shock when we get to see each other again. Some of us are going to uh, have, anyway. Jesus was hungry too. Verse 13, And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Amen. Ask your neighbor, what time is it for you? Time for that truck to rev its engine. What, what time is it for you? Verse 14, Jesus answered and said unto it, unto the tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Amen. History informs us that the industry of artificial flora and foliage is not a modern development. Undoubtedly, the advances in technology and manufacturing 
have led to a more realistic product, but the process of artificial plants and flowers is nothing new. For hundreds of years, various civilizations have set upon crafting plants and flowers that appear authentic, but in reality they are not. These artificial arrangements have been crafted and formed from a variety of resources. The ancient Chinese opted for silk and rice paper, while the Romans accepted a method of making extremely intricate and realistic-looking flowers out of wax. Other cultures and societies have drawn from an either even further assortment of materials, including glass, painted linen, gold, silver, silk, ribbons attached to wire, feathers, plastic, and many other resources. Today, the artificial plant and flower industry is a multi-billion dollar business built upon the values of convenience and perfected pretense. And I want to preach today for just a little bit in this unusual gathering on this thought, more than just leaves. In the book of Mark, chapter number 11, we find that Jesus and his disciples return from Bethany into Jerusalem, and as they do, Jesus, the Bible tells us, is hungry. The Scripture tells us in verse 13 that Jesus spots a fig tree from afar off. The Bible tells us that there is a certain quality about this fig tree that gathers the focused attention of Jesus. The Scripture tells us this quality of this certain tree that captures the focus and the attention of Jesus is simply that this tree has leaves. And it is the fact that this fig tree possesses leaves. It is this fact that draws the attention and the attendance of Jesus. However, while it is the leaves that gather His attention, it is not leaves that draw Him to the tree. It is not leaves that He hopes to find. But the Bible tells us that as He comes near to the tree, He is hoping to find the presence of fruit. The Bible says that Jesus came if happily He might find anything thereon. That word happily means perhaps or possibly. Jesus, the Word made flesh, the Logos, the very mind of God, who was in the beginning when all things were created, came looking to see if by chance there would be fruit on the tree. I would tell you today there are theologies and doctrines that are out there that preach what is called a doctrine of predestination. And that means that before you're even born, your salvation is already decided. That no matter what you do, no matter what kind of life you live, no matter how much you disobey or obey the Word of God, that you are predestined from birth that you will or you will not be saved. But I believe even in the instance of this fig tree, the God, the Creator of all things, looked at this fig tree and said, I'm not sure if you're producing fruit or not. I'm not sure if I'm going to find fruit when I come there or not. There is the possibility of fruit, but there I'm not sure if there is or not. This lets me know that there is a doctrine of predestination, but that doctrine says that the church is going up in the rapture. That doctrine does not mean that it's decided before you're ever born whether or not you will be saved. Amen. That would mean that you and I are little more than robots, and we have no part to play in the process of salvation. Thank you. But what we do know is that we have the power of choice. 
And everybody that is here today and every neighbor that might hear me today, you have the power of choice. That it is not predestined for you whether or not you will be saved. But even right now, you have the ability to make a decision. Even right now, you have the ability to make a choice. Even right now, no matter what your past looks like, amen, Jesus is looking at you happily wondering, will I find fruit? Amen. I am not a robot. I don't have to be saved. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to live for God. I do what I do because I choose to live this way. I do what I do because of my choices. I choose to serve the Lord. I choose to praise God. I choose to worship the name that's above every name. I choose to trust Him in uncertain times. I choose to trust Him with my eternity. But the principle of the fig tree is relevant to our lives. What Jesus does for us is the same thing that he did for the fig tree. He said, fig tree, I know that I've given you soil to grow in. I know I've planted you in the ground. I've given you the resources that you need to grow. I've given you the resources that you need to produce fruit. And that is the same thing that God does for everybody today that can hear my voice. And even those that can't, He's given you everything that you need today to be saved. He's planted you in the right soil to produce fruit. He's put you in the right place at the right time to hear the preached Word of God. And today the Spirit of God is passing by saying possibly I will find fruit in their lives but it's my choice and it's your choice in Matthew 3 and 8 Jesus speaks of a fruit that is worthy of repentance in Galatians chapter 5 Paul writes about the fruit of the spirit and I believe that just as he did when he left Bethany and saw this fig tree that Jesus is looking into this parking lot today. He's looking into the lives of people that make your way to church every Sunday. What he's looking for, though, is not your church attendance, and I'm so glad you're here today, but he's not looking for our church attendance. What he's looking for is, is there fruit being produced in your life? And as Jesus approaches this tree in Mark chapter 11, verse number 13 tells us, that the closer he gets to the tree, that he finds nothing but leaves. No fruit to be found. Nothing but leaves. Now for this point to make any sense today within the context of Mark's writing, and for it to make sense in the context of our living, we need to understand the details of this certain tree that Jesus approached. The specific type of tree the Bible tells us that it was a fig tree. But the certain type of tree that Jesus approached that is indigenous to the territory of Bethany and Jerusalem is the tree known as the ficus caracus. The ficus carica. That's a Mediterranean fig tree is, I think, how that translates. And it is known for one distinctive and unique quality that sets it apart from most every other tree. And it is this fact That in most trees, the growth of the leaves come before the fruit. If I were to look at an apple tree, the presence of the leaves growing on the tree would let me know that it won't be too long and apples are going to grow on that tree. 
If I look on a peach tree or a pear tree or you take your choice, whatever it is, when I begin to see in the spring those green leaves starting to sprout, it lets me know that it won't be long and the fruit will be on the vine. The fruit will be on the branches. But in this particular tree, what sets it apart from all the other trees is that the fruit grows before the leaves. In other words, the presence of leaves on the tree promise the presence of fruit. And so that Jesus looking at this tree and sees leaves upon the tree, it lets him know that I should have an expectation that there will be fruit on that tree. Yet the closer that Jesus draws to the tree, the more apparent it becomes that there is no fruit, only leaves. What caused Jesus to curse the fig tree wasn't merely its barren branches, but that it gave the appearance of abundance, while in essence, in truth, it was utterly barren. Jesus cursed the fig tree not merely because of barren branches, but because of the sin of pretense. Amen. For appearing to be something that upon closer investigation it was not. Amen. From a distance it looked like it was fruitful, but the closer that you got to the tree, the truth revealed there was no fruit on the tree. Living Hope Church today, I preach to you and every guest that might be hearing me today, I want to tell you that we are in a fruit revealing season. What we are facing in this time of COVID-19, the branches are being pushed to the side and Jesus is investigating our lives. He's not here today to look for for leaves on your tree. He is here today saying, is there fruit that is being produced in your life? Amen. I would say it this way, purpose in this season is being revealed. What do you mean by that, pastor? What are you talking about purpose? Well, I would ask you, what is the purpose of a fig tree? I think it kind of gives it away in the name of the tree. The purpose of a fig tree is to produce figs. The purpose of a pear tree is to produce pears. And the purpose of a peach tree is is to produce peaches. And so when Jesus comes to this tree looking for a fig, what he's really investigating is, are you producing your purpose? Are you living up to your purpose? I can see that you've got leaves on your branches, but I didn't create you to be a shade tree. I didn't create you to just have leaves on your branches. I created you to produce figs. I created you to produce fruit. And I believe in this season, Jesus is looking over his church in the the branches are being pushed to the side and he's asking the church of the living God, are you living up to your purpose? Are you living up to everything I created you to be? Are you living up to everything that I designed you to be? In this season, I've got to decide what is, what is on my branches. Is it hope or is it dismay? Is it peace or is it anxiety? Is it joy or is it distress? Is it trust or is it worry? Is it fear or is it faith? I I know when there is no crisis, when we aren't having to huddle in our homes and shelter in our vehicles in a parking lot, it's easy to 
to grow leaves that look like pieces present in my life. It's easy to have green leaves where it looks like my hope is strong, where it looks like joy is abundant in my life, to look like my faith is strong. It's easy in January in Vision Casting Sunday to say this year our church is going to be all about our city. This year we're going to reach others. This year we're going to pray for our city. This year we're going to serve our city. It's easy to say that in January when we're not locked down. It's easy to say that in January when everything is going fine. Amen. It's easy in January, but now that coronavirus has come, it's easy for it to become all about me. My survival. I don't have time to pray for my city. I'm praying for myself. I don't have time to serve my city. I'm serving my family. Pastor, don't you know we're just trying to survive in this season? That is nothing but leaves. That's preaching on Sunday in January when everything's going our way. But that's not fruit. That's leaves. That's not fruit. That's not what our purpose is. That's simply green leaves. But I want to remind us, living hope today, that our purpose is praying for this city. Our purpose is serving this city. Our purpose is loving this city we can't stop doing that we can't stop doing that yes we have to find new ways of doing it yes we have to be creative in how we do it but we can't stop doing our purpose we can't stop doing what we said in January God called us to did you ever stop to think that maybe God knew about this when he told us in January it's time to reach your city like you never have before And I tell you, yesterday our group went to our community, St. Clemens uh, Crossing. And we went, and I, I know many other, I'm not boasting about what our group did. I'm just sharing a testimony. And uh, several of the families of our group went over there and we prayed. And we took some, some canned goods, non-perishables, and we passed them out. And every single person that pulled up, as we began to prepare to give them those those supplies that we had gathered, every person, when I asked them, can we pray with you, not one person said no. Five weeks ago, that would not have happened. Five weeks ago, that would not have taken place. But you see, God said, living hope, this year, this is your purpose. Amen. Don't think it's strange that you're in the middle of this. I positioned you here, but it's not time to be selfish. It's not time to be self-centered. It's time to love our city. It's time to pray for our community. Let me state today that however long this coronavirus lasts and whatever the end result of this epidemic ends up being, the kingdom of God, our community, our nation, our world is going to be looking for leaders that lead in faith. I want everybody to hear what I just said. Our world is going to be, there's going to be a shortage of people that are living by faith. There's going to be an abundance of people that are living in fear after this is over. There's going to be an abundance of people that you get within about eight feet of them and they're going to dive out of your way because fear has taken root in this season. I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm not talking about right now ignoring guidelines that are in place. I'm not talking about any of that, but I'm talking about once we get through this, We don't need people. We don't need people that are cowering down in fear. We don't need people that are living in terror. 
But we need people, we need people that will let their faith move beyond a Sunday morning experience. Amen. Beyond just a simple walk to the altar on Sunday morning. And we need to let faith be something that extends into our daily walk of life. That's fruit. When faith is more than just a walk to an altar because the pastor said, come and pray, and it's in every step that we take. I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I'm going to trust in you, Lord. You are the keeper. Amen. You are the shade upon my right hand. You are the strong tower that I run to. You are the one that keeps me. My faith is in you. That is fruit. If all we do in there is on Sunday say we've got faith and when then we walk out and live by fear, we have nothing but leaves. Don't let it be said that of my relationship with God, that it never moved beyond the pretense of faith, beyond the pretense of hope, and beyond the pretense of joy. But God, let it be more than just leaves in my life. I wonder in our vehicles right now, could we raise our hands? I want to pray over everybody that is here right now, a baptism of faith. Again, I'm not asking you to be reckless. I'm not saying right now to ignore the guidelines. We need to observe them. I'm, I'm all for that. But when this is over, I promise you there's going to be a residue of fear that is going to grip our nation. And our world is going to be looking for leaders that lead with faith. And I want to pray right now that God would baptize this church with a baptism of faith. Lord, we say in the good times that our trust is in you. And Lord, if the only time we trust you is when things are going well, then we have nothing but leaves. Lord, we've said that we put our faith in you. But if the only time that we have faith in you is when everything is going well, we have nothing but leaves. Lord, we've declared that you are our healer. But Lord, if the only time we call you our healer is when there is no disease, we have nothing but leaves. But Lord, right now in the midst of an epidemic, I say, Lord, you are my shelter. And in you, Lord, I put my trust. And in you, Lord, I put my faith. And I still say today, Lord, you are my healer. Faith. Lord, I pray, let the members of this church body lead in faith as we go forward. God, as healing begins to take place in this nation, We begin to recover from this last month. I pray, God, let the men and women that are gathered in this parking lot right now be leaders of faith. Hallelujah. Leaders of strong faith. Leaders with more than leaves on their branches. But we've got fruit growing on the vine. Let there be more than just leaves. The Bible says, and I'm not going to preach much longer, The Bible speaks of the time of the fig. I said I'm not going to preach much longer. Somebody honked their horn. Amen. All right. They were saying, go ahead and preach. I got to learn learn how to interpret the horn honk. The time of the fig. I believe the key to the whole debacle that led to green leaves and barren branches the key that led this tree to the preeminence and the pretense of fruitfulness while the reality being barrenness is found in verse 13 when the Bible says of this tree, the time of the fig was not yet. Once again, ask your neighbor, what time is it for you? 
this fig, the Bible says the time of the fig was not yet. Can I tell you that lives that live on a not yet time schedule will always be nothing more than green leaves and barren branches. Lives that every time God speaks to them and says it's time to move forward and they look back and say not yet. God says let go of that sin in your life and they say not yet. God says leave that old way of living behind and they say not yet. Can I tell you those trees will always be nothing more than green branches, than green leaves and barren branches. But it's time for somebody today to get beyond a not yet time schedule and say today is the day right now is the time lives that live on a not yet schedule will always be void of fruit it is said that when Walt Disney was planning Disney World he bought the property that would house the different parts of that magic kingdom that he would construct and he went to a friend and he offered to that friend an opportunity to buy what was swampland around that property but Walt Disney knew the value of that property was about to rise and so he went to his friend and said I'm going to give you the opportunity to purchase this property and the friend said not yet I need some time to think about it. I need some time to weigh out my options and make a decision. And because Walt Disney needed an answer in the moment, that friend lost out on insurmountable wealth. Why? Because he was living on a not yet time schedule. Can I tell you today, living hope, there is a danger in living a not yet life. Some are here today and time and time again. You have been provided an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. But your reply has always been, not yet. You have been given ample opportunity to repent of your sin and turn from your transgression. But your response Sunday after Sunday has been, not yet. You have been provided opportunities to let go of bitterness and unforgiveness that possess your heart. But your response every time has been, not yet. And within Christianity, I must tell you today that the fake foliage business is booming. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. People that won't miss church, that clap their hands through every song, stomp their feet and kneel at altars. But in reality, they're living in a not yet time frame. God is calling the church. It's time living hope to be more than leaves. It's time for somebody to move beyond not yet. I want to challenge you today. If I could, I would open those doors and give you one more chance to run to an altar. I can't do that. But you can turn right now and make the front seat of that vehicle you are in an altar. Amen. You can turn right now and make the back seat of that vehicle you are in an altar. If you're living with sin in your life, I would challenge somebody right now. Don't say not yet. Don't say when the doors open again, then I'll make it right with God. But right now is your moment. Today is the day. This moment is your moment. It's time to get beyond on not yet and stop being nothing more than leaves and let's get some fruit on the branches I'm going to conclude with this point Andre can play behind me one final point about this particular tree one final attribute that sets it apart from most other fruit trees 
this particular fruit tree. The ficus carica has not one, not two, but three seasons of harvest. Now all the fruit buds at the same time. It begins to grow, all of it. All three of the harvests start at the same time. But there is some fruit on the tree that grows and matures very quickly. That is known as the early fig. After just a few weeks, that fig ripens and matures. And they say it's good to eat. It's not, not the best, but it's, it's good enough. You can eat it. Then after that comes the fall fig. And this fig usually takes several months to mature. Usually by the end of the summer and the beginning of fall, this fruit is now ready to be plucked and eaten. But then there is a third and final harvest. This fig has been on the branch since the early spring. It's watched others around it mature rapidly and be plucked and eaten. It's watched the summer fig ripen over the months of the summer and mature and watched it be plucked and eaten. But now this final harvest has endured through the winter months. It's remained on the branches of that tree. It's taken it longer to mature than the other figs on the branch. It's taken it longer to mature than the others around it. But this final fig that would have been growing, this final fig that finally ripens right about the time that Jesus would have been passing from Bethany into Jerusalem, early spring, about the time of Passover, this third fig is known as the untimely fig or the inconvenient fig. It's a fruit that is produced in an inconvenient time. And yet everybody that gets this fig says it's the best quality. It's sweeter than all the other figs. It'll satisfy you like the other figs won't do. And I know right now it's not a convenient season to have faith. It's more convenient right now to live your life out of fear. It's more convenient to listen to what everybody else is saying. I know right now it's easier to be paralyzed by fear than it is to trust that God's got it all in control. I know it's easier right now to trust CNN than it is to trust John 10 and 10, which says I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Somebody, you need to shut CNN off and learn what the Bible says about this. It's easy to rely on Fox and it is to trust in the Lamb. I know it's not convenient right now to sing. I know it's untimely right now to reach out and serve others. I know it's inconvenient right now to bless the Lord. But I wonder if somebody could raise your hands in an inconvenient season. I want to let this world know I'm more than just leaves. There is fruit on my branches. Come on, can we raise hands all across this parking lot? Somebody raise your hands. I know it's not convenient. This isn't the way we're used to doing things. We're used to being together in a building. We're, we're walking to an altar right now. I know it's not convenient, but I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, raise your hands right now. I pray that when this community looks at this church, they find a church that is more than just leaves. I pray they find a church that doesn't just serve their city in January when there is no COVID-19. But I pray they find a church that is serving their city when it's inconvenient and it's an untimely season. 
not time for not yet. Tell somebody in your car, the car next to you, it's not time for not yet, faith. It's not time for the church to look back at God and say, not yet, Lord. When this passes over, then we'll have revival. Not yet. Can I tell you what time it is? It's the first two words of Hebrew chapter 11. It's not time for not yet faith. It's time for now faith. It's time for right in the middle of what we're going through. I'm not going to wait for a more convenient season. I'm not going to wait for a more opportune time. I know it's untimely and it's inconvenient, but living hope our world needs now faith. Can we make altars all across this parking lot right now? Come on, can we make altars in front seats and back seats right now? I'm not going to wait for a more convenient season right now. Now, I'm preaching to a sinner right now that God's been dealing with you and you said, not yet. It's time to stop putting God off. It's time to stop being green leaves. And it's time to let fruit grow on your branches now. Now. Somebody turn your hazards on right now and let me know I'm saying yes to the Lord. I see you back there, Mo. I see you right now. Come on. Now. Don't wait for a more convenient season. It's now faith that we need. I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in a chorus, and I want you in your vehicle right now to pray one with another. Our world needs people of faith. Our world needs people that do more than have faith in a synagogue on Sunday but we're living by faith everywhere that we go. God's going to take care of us. Don't worry, everything's going to be all right. My faith and my trust is in you, Lord. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.